Cornerbacks, that's been the conversation all week long with Blake Shapin. But what about the future? Austin Novosad, DJ Lagway, this is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated Inside the Bears, and that's John Garcia Jr. from the Sports Illustrated Director of Recruiting there. I want to thank today's sponsor for John's segment. That is LinkedIn Talent Solutions. If you're looking to hire right now, LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the place to go. Go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Tell them that Locked On sent you. Keep in mind, terms and conditions do apply. John, Quarterback's been a big point of conversation over the last couple of weeks for Baylor, for Blake Shapin. You know, is he that guy for the Bears, and how can he step up when you've won your your battle against Gary Bohannon? And a lot of Baylor fans had a lot of question marks. He answered them on Saturday, but I think, to me, it's the question of, even past Shapin, what does Baylor's quarterback room look like, uh, especially in the next few years, even if Jeff Grimes leaves? I've, I've heard his name in the Auburn pot, if Auburn goes with the, with the switch. And DJ Lagway is a big part of that. His top 10 released this past week, and he had Baylor in there. Were you surprised by that at all? Because Baylor was listed with a lot of big-time schools. Not at all. I mean, this is a, an in-state kid, a Baylor legacy who understands what Waco has to offer. And, that, and that's something that is unique to, to this program and obviously helps them on the front end yeah. with DJ. But look, I don't think it's a courtesy either, right? I don't think you're, oh, you're a hat on the table because, you know, dad went there and I'm going to keep a minute until the end. I, I don't think it is that simple. I do think the winning culture that is being established there is something that resonates with him because there are no bad teams on his top 10, right? There are no teams that we expect to be in the middle of their conference race going forward. Most of them are, you know, title contenders or at least conference title contenders pretty much uh, every single school or they're an SEC school. So, you know, obviously yeah. only a few of those can be at the top. So I do think that it's something that that uh, says a lot about both parties in this regard. Uh, Baylor was the first school to offer him, the first school to, to mm. give him that green light, you know, pun intended. And I think the the – Success since that point, now with two different quarterbacks, which is important in, in trying to find a, a program that will develop you, uh, I do think says a lot about uh, what Baylor's doing moving forward and, and part of the reason while they're still in the race for Lagway, who appears to be taking his time, which is, I think, fine from the Baylor perspective. If, if you're a program that uh, is courting him with something new and fresh and you want to capitalize, maybe that's not great news for you. You want to ride the momentum. I think Baylor's going to have staying power in this race because they've always been in the race for him. So, you know, Florida, LSU, some of these other programs that feel like they trend at one moment and then fade thereafter, I think there's going to be more ebb and flow with those compared to Baylor and some of these others that I think are going to just be, you know, have some staying power and stay in that race all the way through, uh, especially as the 24 dominoes set up, right? I think, a lot of programs learned a lot about how they want to attack the quarterback position over these last two years, basically since all the COVID restrictions and recruiting were lifted uh, because it's been two great quarterback years and everyone has done one of two things, either gone all in on a guy early and, and landed him like Baylor with Austin Novosad, or they were part of the shuffle going all in on one guy didn't work out. And now you got to refresh the board and go after our next uh, another group of guys, you know? So I think those 
patterns and trends in recruiting taught a lot of schools on how to prioritize guys early. And yeah. Lagway is one of the few nationally that a lot of schools appear to really be centering on in that class of 24. John, with Austin Novosad coming back with his commitment to Baylor and confirming the Bears, does that nullify DJ Lagway coming to Waco? It shouldn't. You know, uh, again, the programs DJ's looking at, right? Alabama, Georgia, yeah. AM, USC, Oklahoma, they, they've got quarterback talent, you know, in 22, 23, 24, maybe even lined up already in 25. So I, I think competition is not going to be something that detracts Lagway. I think what makes Novasad interesting in this conversation, if, if let's say they both end up on the roster and two years from now we're talking about this great battle, they're so different. Right. Yeah. Novasad is your efficient, accurate pocket passer. And Lagway is your modern dual threat who puts pressure on different on the defense in different ways. So I actually think that variance aids Baylor's pursuit of a DJ Lagway as opposed to a program that is recruiting DJ Lagway types year in, year out in this certain kind of, of system that really values the quarterback run, like Arkansas, let, let's let's put in perspective here, that has already presented that type of quarterback i think yeah. that's a bit of a more of an uphill battle uh, because they're bringing in dual threats like that every year as opposed to programs like baylor that are just going to go find a guy that they like that year and it's not always going to be in the same mold that probably helps baylor's chances with lagway relative to arkansas some of these other programs that are bringing in a uh, similar type of quarterbacks year in year out John, what's interesting to me is I look at these teams, the Alabamas, the Arkansas that are courting Lagway and his top 10, you mentioned it, USC, it's filled with all these big time powerhouse schools. Do you, have you found that especially in today's era of college football, these recruits, the only way they would choose a Baylor or a TCU out of that bunch is culture or family ties. It just feels like to me, there's so much prowess and fluff pomp when you get to Alabama, a recruiting visit to Ohio State. There's just got to be something really minuscule, minute, a small detail that would make you pick any school that can't present that from day one. That's a great question. And I think you look to Novosad, right? What, yeah. what did Baylor accomplish with him? Early identification, early prioritization. And yeah, he's in state and a great cultural fit. And I think with Lagway, we just talked about it. First scholarship offer, has the family ties to the program, another in-state kid. So I think when you create benefit of the doubt, those are some of the dominoes that you want to hit early on. So if this upset is to be pulled down the line this these are elements core elements of baylor recruiting dj that we're always going to talk about and look back upon because it's it's things that are almost already set in stone that other programs can't duplicate despite presenting something oftentimes more i guess lavish or and or different than what yeah. baylor will present from a recruiting standpoint and again some kids they like they they like the counter, right? They like the business, culture, family, uh, consistency, accountability aspect of what Baylor presents off rip, right? Again, Novosad is, is our greatest example because Notre Dame and Georgia and Texas A&M and everyone else came calling in different ways, shapes, and forms for Novosad. Yet and still, you always felt like, man, if there's a kid that's going to stick with Baylor, it's this kid, you know. So I do think um, they have that part of the formula sort of nailed down at the game's most important position and as we're learning uh this year under dave aranda and company like that's important right because you're yeah. you've already shown you can win with two different types of quarterbacks so now 
following up on that and identifying and, and prioritizing early is going to become the next step of that formula as you look to cast a net with more high-profile quarterbacks earlier in, in their high school career. John, before we get into Austin Novosad and his progression for his senior season at Dripping Springs, my last question when it comes to DJ Lagway, I I am the kind of person that if I have am searching for schools, say that I'm even a senior, junior, I haven't committed yet, and I'm looking at Notre Dame versus a school like even Kansas right now, I want to go to a team that's winning. I would be the guy that's sitting and watching every game every weekend and saying, oh, shoot, man, Notre Dame's been dropping some games. Do you feel like recruits are watching the individual season, the years that they commit, the individual season to see the success of a team and basing their commitment off of that more so than these visits and the fluff that come with those? Not as much. I, I hmm. think the the wide-standing perception of a program relative to success, winning, et cetera, yeah. resonates more than any one year. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, I was talking to a kid who's committed to Auburn recently, and, and he's like, look, we are we're getting there. We've been there and now we're getting back there. Yeah. You know, so there's always there's always kind of an overarching sell compared to what we see now in, in the win-loss record. Now, I will say conversely. If a program comes out of nowhere and wins 10, 12 games and they weren't supposed to, can, could that galvanize that current recruiting class and put them over the top for a kid or two? Absolutely, right? Because you're now creating benefit of the doubt that wasn't previously there. Mm. Um, but I think this early in the season in particular, um, compared to you know, Notre Dame and Kansas is a great, you know, a great example to use in this regard. I, I do still think the overarching perception of those two programs will hold in recruiting although again if kansas if this becomes more of a sustained deal that will eventually change because then the perception will change but it's it's hard to do it in a small window i like it i like it john i also like LinkedIn Talent Solutions. And folks at home, let me tell you what, it is hiring season. The fall is typically like that. And these days, every new potential hire can feel really high stakes. And you want to be 100% certain you're getting somebody that your company or you needs. So at LinkedIn Talent Solutions, you can go, the purple hashtag hiring frame lets you create this job post. And there's super simple tools and screening questions that make you easy to focus on the candidates that have the right skills for you, the right experience as well. It really makes everything succinct in that you can very conveniently find somebody new uh, to hire. And it's why small businesses actually rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Keep in mind with these terms and conditions do apply. John, one of the biggest quarterback commitments in Baylor history. Like it's a long history, by the way. They had the belt a couple weeks ago. Did you have you ever heard of the college football belt? I haven't, honestly. Look, I, I had a child in the last couple weeks, so I've been in and out and I was watching college football on a hospital television, but I hadn't seen the belt just yet. Well, congrats on the child, first and foremost. <laughs> second and second most, it is insane. It's the lineage of college football it dates back to a game between Princeton and Rutgers where Rutgers won. They would lose to Princeton the next week. So the figurative belt began day one. Since then, it's gone to like Wheaton College and then William and Jefferson and it found its way back to the FBS and like bounced around the Mountain West in the 90s. Baylor had the belt a few weeks ago because Alabama had it, lost it to AM, who lost it to Ole Miss, who lost it to Baylor, who lost it to BYU, who lost to Oregon. I've been a belt 
infatuation. I don't I, even know I how I got this, to that point. This is a, its own podcast, by the way. It, it has been it has been multiple podcasts at this point, John. It, it's the coolest thing in the world. All the way back at the first college football game. Nice. Well, maybe as cool as the belt is Austin Novosad being arguably the best, uh, one of the best at least commits in Baylor quarterback history and as far as what you've seen from him this season i've seen dripping springs is climbing the rankings this year really shocking a lot of people despite having a great quarterback there are questions about who was around novasad and he's to me shown a lot of really good stuff this senior season yeah he looks great i mean there's really not much more you could ask for yeah. uh from from a uh production standpoint i mean 11 touchdowns two picks uh, almost 70 percent of his passes are are being uh completed they're undefeated, most importantly, right? 4-0. Yeah. And they've won different types of games. They've had a couple blowouts the last few weeks. But week one, nail-biter, a thriller with with the Austin Vandegrift team that is, frankly, more talented. Yet Dripping Springs won out 23-20 in that regard, large, largely thanks uh, to Novasad. So I yeah. think you've seen a little bit of, of variance in, in some of the wins he's put together early on, not turning the football over and, and processing at a very, very high rate while still carrying some of the things that we loved last year, right? With the efficiency, some of that functional mobility outside the pocket as well, but still great anticipation, throwing guys open and, and really in a rhythm seemingly week in, week out. So I think the first month of the season has been brilliant now for Novasad. That target will continue to grow on his back. And we'll see as the competition ramps up and they eventually get into the playoffs, which is not always a given that yeah. dripping springs. Uh, but so far, so good. Just absolutely uh, what you want to see after kind of a dramatic and busy and, and probably mentally fatiguing offseason for him. John, there may not be an answer to this. There might just not be. Do you feel, though, there is any sort of consistency in a player playing better after they commit or, conversely, playing worse when they feel like there's less to prove because they already have a collegiate home? Yeah, there's there's data on both sides of this argument, uh, Drake, and I think that's fascinating, right? I, I, I know a lot of programs who really value the senior season tape, especially if kids are committed, because yeah. they want to see if there's letdowns, right? It's, it's almost like you always look for the bad. So they want to see that that kids don't let up and they they remain dominant, uh, even though their recruiting is done and they're coveted and their, their future yeah. is relatively secure. They want to see um, continued pressure despite that. And I've, I've seen a lot of kids get dropped because of how they perform the mentality doesn't appear to be the same as, as it was as, as a sophomore and a junior. So, yeah, I think you see a lot of natural drop off because teenagers are are valued and talked about and inflated more than they ever have been in this mm -hmm. sport. So it's almost understandable. But on the other side of it, it also creates a little bit of separation. Right. For yeah. us on the evaluation side. Hey, like even though X, Y, Z is attached to this kid's name, he's still finding a way to get better play better obviously he's been putting in the time behind the scenes to do so so i think it's it's incredibly revealing even though for the most most of these kids recruiting is done the first impression and and evaluation is kind of done on our end too uh, so it, it really is revealing thereafter because in theory there's not a lot to prove you know as, as a senior and, and a lot of people you know talk about injuries and health, yeah. all that stuff in, involved as well, especially when dollar amounts are, are being associated with these kids. So I do think there's a lot of reason for, for a natural drop off as human beings. So for those who go against that, there's almost, you know, more oomph in, in talking about them and, and lifting them up uh, when the time comes. 
Well, John, certainly great to know that DJ Lagway is is there as a as a real Baylor's there's a real contender in his race, and that Austin Novosad has progressed in the senior season. I just not to say that I thought he would regress whatsoever, but it felt like once the chips off your shoulder of I've got all these big names after you've recruited. There seems like there's less luster to play for, but the guy's just been better and better every week. So good to know that the update on him is positive. And John, the update on you, you've got a baby in the house now. Where sure. can folks find your work? And are there baby pictures located at said work? <laughs> There, there is, there are some baby pictures on Facebook. They hadn't made their way to Twitter just yet, um, but yeah, l- less work coming. But eventually, si.com/slash/college, and of course, we're still here on, on the podcast front as well. Uh, and we'll be tweeting through college football season, regardless at John Garcia underscore Jr. So come hang out. I love it, John. Thanks for joining as always. Always a pleasure, Drake. Take care, man. Again, John joining us today. Thanks to LinkedIn. And coming up, Oklahoma State this week. Baylor, the Cowboys in Waco. Baylor currently a two and a half, three point favorite. I've seen it on a couple of sca- Hey, $50 tickets too. I think that's still going on a little bit. I think. Go buy those. Go buy a $50 gold out ticket. It'd be great to pack McLean Stadium this Saturday. David Aranda talks about the crowd, talks about the game in Monday's press conference. Here are the best clips from Dave Aranda breaking down not only the Iowa State win, but also previewing Oklahoma State. It's good to see you guys here. Um, it's good to be back home. You know, the, um, the coach's eval of the game, I thought, went really strong. I think we're really working on doing simple better and looking at things that uh, you know we we've got to be able to get um, to the point to where we can play green and do all the things we talk about in the hardest toughest you know most uh, competitive moments and I think that there continues to be a push for that and I think the ability to be to be patient and to be able to meet our players where they're at you know, I, I think the struggle a lot of times is to be pulled with expectations or and or, um, you know, um, noise and um, views from the outside. The, the, the challenge is always to to keep the focus inward and to uh, to really get kids to be able to believe and trust and to. Um, you know, reveal what they got inside. And I thought there's a lot of that on Saturday for us. And, you know, we're going to have to build, take another step. I think it's, it's always difficult when you try to build it to, when there's an expectation of, hey, this is what it's supposed to be. But yet, there's so many layers to that. And there's so many things that have to be, you know, this is, this is, um, this is not connecting. This is wired to something else. And we've got to reconnect and we've got to rebuild a trust. And we have to, we have to be able to have people come out and really uh, perform in a way that um, they're not trying to pretend anymore. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful that we're on the right path there. So I thought this last game was a lot to do with all of it. Um, in looking ahead, way excited to, um, to play Oklahoma State. You know, I have a lot of respect. Their coaches and their, their, their team. You know, I think the first thing that you that strikes you is just the speed and the violence that they play with. You know, on defense, brand new coordinator, but a lot of similarities really in terms of what's coming at you. Um, really strong four-man front, a lot of speed in the secondary, more single high, uh, whether it's a man or three than we've seen 
you know, combined this year. And so, um, you know, uh, a lot of numbers in the box for us to deal with. And then, you know, offensively, um, quarterback really stands out, really playing fast, looks faster, uh, playing confident. I think they've got a running back by committee that's been successful. Their O-line, you know, there's some cohesion there with guys returning. And um, I think receiver-wise, I'm sure they're anticipating getting guys back and all of it for this one. So what a challenge it is. You know, special teams-wise, a lot of speed, um, ability to to be real explosive in the return game. And so that uh, for sure jumps off the tape at you. But with that, take any questions you guys got. Coach. Dave, would you uh, expect your guys to be especially amped up for this game, considering y'all played them for the Big 12 championship last year? And, you know, it's kind of become a, a pretty good rivalry. I would um, – I appreciate the question. So, I, you know, I would like for it not to be, but then with us going through BYU, I would probably anticipate yes. <laughs> and so they probably are. And so I think it's going to be really for – I see part of our job as coaches is to maybe bring it down a little bit to things that we can control and uh, things that are actionable and things that um, – kind of are in the benefit of, uh, you know, the task at hand, and all that's way hard to do when uh, it gets louder and it gets, um, and, um, you know, the outside gets gets more. And so I would like to be able to bring it really down to where we can start the week strong and kind of build the week all with inside stuff and not outside stuff. Coach, maybe without even showing it to your players, when you played OK State twice last year, mm-hmm. both really close games, from a coach's perspective, not showing it to your guys, do you feel giddy about playing them again? No, I appreciate the question. I, w- I think they're, they are a challenge uh, because of the, you know, they are a, they're a strong team. I think they're built, they're built inside out. They don't crack under pressure. Um, they, you have to beat them. I think their team speed really flashes off the tape. I think up to this point, we've been kind of um, maybe possibly looked at as the faster team of whoever we played. Um, this is probably not the case in this one. Um, and I think they're... Um, but you know they're kind of transitioning too into new guys and everything else, and um, you know road game for them and and that. So I think their their ability to play fast and violent is really what makes this a real competitive game. You guys forced uh, four turnovers in that Big Twelve championship game. That those all those interceptions. Uh, you got two interceptions uh, against Iowa State. How important was that? The kind of establishing. Uh, turning the ball over and finally getting breaking through in that regard. No, I appreciate that. I think you know so many more games are lost than they are won, and I think it's hard to you know it's hard to get that point across because I think um, you know you you almost have to be over forty five years of age to really kind of appreciate that. I think you know the more you um, are in your teens and all of it and early twenties, it's that almost falls on deaf ears. And so, but you look at whether it's penalties, I think like right now we're like a hundredth 
and they are either I think they might they're in top ten in terms of being the best and not committing penalties. Um, and then you look at takeaways, but you look at so and then you know, or offensive ball security, defensively getting it out, and so you you look at ways to not lose the game first, and um, to try to be as alive and as um, you know uh, authentic and playing green in the not losing piece is really kind of the trick, um, and um, don't over don't overreach. And so we're we're definitely trying to hit that mark. I think, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful this last game kind of helps kind of set the expectation for this year's team. Dave, to build on, on that a little bit, four previous games against Spencer Sanders, Baylor's intercepted him ten times. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of success defensively. Mm-hmm. Does that give your guys sort of a level of optimism? I mean, you guys picked him off seven times last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, so I appreciate that. I think I think it would have to go though to kind of what we've said in the past is, you know, prior to playing Iowa State, it was you know, um, you know, Ebner had the return for the touchdown. You know, um, JT had the pick to close out the game. Um, you know, Abram had the the run that moved the pile at the, you know, at the end of the game, you know, like all of those things, I think like those guys did that. Now there's a couple guys that kind of assisted in all of it, but those guys did and those guys are gone, you know? And so I think, I think you kind of have to start there and, and you don't, I don't necessarily say any of that to be ugly or to be kind of, um, you know, a flex of anything for them. But I, I think it's more of, that um, hey, we're all starting on even ground. This thing has to be earned. Here's the stuff you can do today to earn it, right? Um, and um, you know, let's stack some days. But I think it has to be like that. If it's not, I think the uh, the appreciation of stuff that other guys have done can um, almost intoxicate you. Richard taking advantage of his opportunities the past two weeks. Has he earned 15 to 20 carries a game, even when Tay comes back? I think, um, you know, his improvement says so much just about him and about his um, uh, his ability to learn and his ability to take coaching. It's just way uh, selfless. And then I think, you know, or I know Justin – Johnson's done a great job. Juice done a great job with him, and really just with that group. It's kind of been you know a running back by committee, and um, you know guys for certain spots. And then this last game, it had been enough of that to where uh, this guy comes in. It's normally a pass. This guy comes in. It's normally a run, and things were were flipped around, which I thought was good. And uh, and so I can kind of see that still still becoming uh, just because of the. The, the guys and their roles and their um, their successes are continuing to build. And so I think we like kind of where it is. And, um, you know, I, I credit Juice for a lot of it. I think he's really poured, his, er, poured everything he has into that group. That was Dave Aranda on Monday in the bank. Yeah, yeah. Take that to the bank. Bad pun. Um, tomorrow, there will not be – there will be a bit of – maybe, maybe there will be a show. I 
today. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm at a Tyler Childers concert in Red Rocks. I don't know. Long story. I'm a senior in college, and sometimes you just got to do it. And you're like, I really want to do that. You just go do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, so we'll see what happens as far as programming goes. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm having fun wherever I am right now when the show's airing in Red Rocks at Colorado, where it's a lot colder than it is in Texas. But thanks for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Thanks to John Garcia and Dave Aranda. This has been Locked On Baylor.